Hello, I'm Andrea Tapchar. I've been a college public relations professor for over 18 years, and I'm based in Toronto. When my college closed the campus back in March, faculty and students migrated online to complete the semester. Fortunately, the available technology allowed us to continue to teach and to learn and to connect. But once the semester ended, I thought about ways I could continue to reach my students. And the idea struck me on one of my dog walks while I was listening to a podcast. I enjoyed the portability as well as the timely and varied topics. And I realized that a podcast could possibly engage my students by connecting them to PR professionals. So inspired by the current takeout food trend, I saw myself delivering interesting PR stories to them. So I named my podcast PR Delivered. For my first podcast, I'm pleased to welcome a Humber College Bachelor of PR grad and Manager of Corporate Communications at MLSE, Charzi Abendano. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Andrea. Since I teach the topic of social media content creation, I wanted to speak to you during the pandemic since MLSE content is primarily based on the various sports franchises you own the Raptors, Leafs, TFC. With the seasons indefinitely suspended, I was curious to know what does a communicator do in terms of content creation when core business isn't happening? Let's get started. I know you've had a lot going on. You started around the time the Raptors clinched the NBA championship and now you're involved in a pandemic. Tell us more about your role at MLSE. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm the corporate communications manager and even before the pandemic, my portfolio actually included a lot of the things that, um, you mentioned. So our sports teams, but not only our sports teams, but our food and beverage retail CSR arm and esports business units. So I definitely have a lot of different access to different departments in the company, which is really exciting. And I really get to see so many different types of work and, um, everything that we do, different initiatives. And uh, obviously the pandemic changed a lot of that in a lot of ways, but uh, it didn't change what was in my, my portfolio. And uh, just to give you a little bit of information on how it's structured at MLSC. So MLSC PR is my department and we fall under the uh, marketing communications group. So we essentially all report into our chief marketing officer but um, the PR teams actually split into the teams itself. So there's a uh, Raptors PR, Leafs PR, TFC PR, and Argos PR. So their main focus is whatever is happening with players, front office, and what's happening on the court, field, ice, pitch. As w- with my team, we kind of look overarching about like what's marketing initiatives happening, how are we supporting those teams, and uh, telling stories outside of what's happening in the game. Uh, so that also leads into our focus on any type of crisis or issues management and communications. And that's how we get into pandemic and social movement issues. Great. Thank you for that. You are a busy lady. Um, While most of the leagues were suspended by mid-March, at what point in the days and weeks leading up to the suspension did you start paying attention to the emerging possibility of a pandemic? 
So our company itself, we were paying attention a few months before when we knew there was things going on, there was conversations happening, discussions on what our games would look like without fans, um, even before the leagues decided to suspend it on March 11th. So um, a little bit of backtracking. So NBA decided on March 11th, like at 9 p.m. at night, they sent a note or a media release out notifying everyone. And then the next day, March 12th, um, MLS and uh, NHL follow suit. So the crazy thing that day that was happening on the 12th is that we were preparing for a Leafs game that night. And we were just awaiting on what the decision was going to be. But as updates and decisions were made from the league, we were proactively working on messaging on what needed to be said and who's saying it and from where. So in the first week of when the suspension happened, we probably had several different statements all ready to go and drafted and working on it like even late into the night um, because PR never sleeps. And and we had to address not only the suspension, but the Toronto team fund that was created for part-time staff. And that also included the Blue Jays team that uh, came in to support. And then also our fans who had tickets to the games the game that night or even like season seat members so it was definitely all this communication needed to come through funneling from the top and we as pr people had to make sure that we were saying uh we were making a concerted effort to speak from the different teams but not separately in a way because mlse is so big that we have so many different teams that we need to make sure that we're not um jumping on each other's messages and which is great in a way because uh, my boss, who's the senior director, Dave Haggett, who actually is a Humber PR grad as well. And he's very proud of that. And uh, he, um, so he leads the charge in terms of all our PR teams. And we were all working together um, on when we were saying something, who was saying it, and when we were releasing it, and how. And it was definitely one of the greatest things to watch from a PR professional like myself. I, I may still, I've only been in the, in PR for about four years now, like professionally four or five years. I don't even know anymore, but four <laughs> or five years, I would say. And it definitely, it, it's, it's great to see your colleagues in the midst of something that they've never dealt with before and still succeed or still find a way. Cause, um, PR is one of those roles that you can't, most of the time you're kind of learning on the fly, but you have to work with such a strong team to make sure that things are happening correctly. So definitely it was an interesting time. That's awesome. Great learning for your career. Oh, Oh, I know. Definitely. Once you realized that you had to pivot away from a primarily sports focused communication strategy, what steps did you take to reposition your content strategy? Um, so we definitely work with a talented and exceptional group of digital communications people. Um, they are in charge of our, uh, community management. So all our social website, all those channels. And what we had to do initially is what is the team saying? So that started out with the statement. So what is the lead? What are the Leafs saying? What are the Raptors saying? Uh, TUC and Argos? Argos kind of stayed quiet because, uh, the season, um, was originally supposed to start in June. So they were pretty quiet on that end. Um, But what were we seeing from a corporate perspective and how did that filter down to our digital team and what we were saying and what kind of content we were saying? Obviously we had to stop. We had to just stop sharing any type of content, but in the end we have, we had things um, 
scheduled to talk about our players, like we do players of the week or things like that. And then, and then now that there were no games, like how do we change that conversation to still highlight our players, highlight our team, uh, go, uh, and even be a little bit more nostalgic so that if you look at the Raptors channel right now, it's very nostalgic in terms of before, um, the social movement with Black Lives Matter. Before that, we were talking about um, how um, we were showing uh, photos and videos and old like plays with Vince Carter, let's say. So it was definitely a shift in the con- a shift in the content to make sure that we want to still stay relevant with our fans, keep them engaged, knowing that there's no games um, happening. And uh, it was definitely a conversation that happened with uh, with um, internally with our fan communication, member communication, like I mentioned, and media relations. Like, how are we having each type of conversation with different uh, different channels that are speaking to the public? And it's still it's still very, I would say, cohesive. Great, thank you for that. That's. Uh... The challenges were immense, I'm sure, and, uh, and very unique. Um, I follow the various MLSC franchises across a number of social media platforms, including MLSC Foundation, and I've been seeing ongoing activity there, as you were describing. Um, and most recently, I've been seeing a response to community need through the food bank support, as well as um, social justice issues with recent posts related to Black Lives Matter. I raise this point because I'm also hearing a lot of discussion among PR professionals about organizations really needing to ensure that they're adding value for their audiences at this time. Was this a conversation you had within your organization? Yeah, definitely. So we have strong black leaders across our company, such as Messiah Jerry, who's the Toronto Raptors president, Ali Curtis, our general manager of Toronto FC, and Michael Pinball Clemens, the general manager of Toronto Argonaut. We had a day of reflection internally and uh, at our company where all three of them spoke to staff on a video conference call. And they shared their personal experiences and helped educate and provide guidance on how we as individuals can support and make a difference internally. And I think uh, PR professionals are the perfect individuals to do that and say that because every company should look internally first before they start making outward claims or making promises or showing how they're making a difference. Because if you don't see the systemic racism happening in different parts of the world and looking internally at the company that you work for and how things can change within, your claims won't make a difference outward. So no one can really believe what you're saying and words are just the start, not the execution. So um, and people need to look at more so their own little universe and how they can uh, what they can do to make a difference here and now within their little bubble and um, and then all together as a team what can you do all together so your individual universe may not be as big or impactful who have uh, in comparison to people who have money or access or influential access but at least our company was able to bring everyone together to hear from those leaders to know that we are trying to make a difference and in fact Uh, MLSC has actually posted a diversity role in our company um, and they're hiring for that. So it's definitely showing that there's a change. We want to make some, we want to make a change internally and we want to make sure that um, we are practicing what we preach. I guess that's, that's what we could say. And then 
As for bringing back uh, bringing Toronto back to its feed initiative, uh, which I'm very proud to be part of, I was actually there the other day uh, volunteering to help um, make meals. Which was it's really nice to know that uh, the meal that you're making is going to someone who needs it and who's who has different challenges in life, and um, it, it means a lot. And when the leagues came to the halt and and suspended their seasons, we had an arena full of food. So like I mentioned, March 12th, uh, we were set for a game. So there was food in the building that would have gone to waste. And that week, our uh, team of chefs came together to help donate over 27,000 pounds of food to Second Harvest. And uh, Second Harvest is actually one of our longtime partners. We've been um, donating to them for years. And so through that donation came the discussions about, uh, okay, how can we help the city? We talked to the city, we talked to the province about what are the priority needs for the city, for the people. And it inspired bringing Toronto back to its feet. And we used, uh, we used the, our structure of Scotiabank arena and then BMO field quickly after like, the kitchens that are in there, the capability to social distance while making meals. It's definitely um, something that we were able to do with the resources we had and the partners that uh, were uh, that were donating not only financially, but food. Like I think we've received maybe 80,000 pounds of chicken or something like, like crazy like that. Like, and like um, uh, billions of uh, rice, like so, it's definitely one of um, one of the proudest moments for me to be a part of uh, when when something like a pandemic happens and no one could predict that. Um, how do companies react, and how do companies make a difference in in a time where? Um, you know, a lot of people can't work or a lot of people can't do many things. And this was our way of doing that. And we continue to stay safe and, and go to the venue to support and volunteer. So it's definitely really great. And now we initially make, uh, we make as many as 13,000 meals a day. And I think last week we reached about 200,000 meals in total. So definitely trying to make a difference in that way. And then uh, with uh, the social injustices and the social justice movement that's happening right now, um, you can see that uh, Maasai and the Raptors are, are sharing content and sharing uh, ways that you as an individual can support and help. So uh, definitely good to look out for that type of stuff. It's so great to hear the leadership that MLSE is providing and the, the words that really struck with me the most were that you're spending time reflecting and listening um, and listening for guidance and speaking to stakeholder groups. And, and that's really PR 101, isn't it? Like that's just so important as a step. Yeah, like a part of being a PR person, it's your job to listen and to understand different perspectives because um, especially working at MLSE, I learned that um, there are just so many, so many interests within, let's say, one initiative and how are partners being involved? How is marketing being involved? How are fans being incorporated or how are we speaking to them? And it's knowing that everyone's POV is part of the story and how do you weave that all together? I like to, I like to explain this analogy where um, I feel like this is the same for any PR person, but your job is similar to you creating a puzzle. So you have this huge puzzle that you need to make 
And there's so many different people that have these pieces of the puzzle and you have to go find it. And not only do you have to find it and put it together, you have to make it look nice and pretty in the end. Like you have to frame the puzzle and everything. So it's not even just finding the information, it's putting it together the right way and displaying it so that not uh, not only do we understand it, but the people you're talking to understand it and know what they need to do or feel or um, or even uh, what what they need to, what they need to get out of it. So I always, I love that puzzle, um, scenario, but it's pretty funny how, um, everyone laughs at me. I think my team laughs at me for using that analogy a lot, but it's, I think that's the one that makes the most sense in, in any situation for a PR person. It makes a lot of sense. I think that's great. Thank you for sharing. And it's Um, not just one puzzle. It's like 10 puzzles at a time, a hundred puzzles at a time. (laughs) You're busy. (laughs) Um, My uh, last question, uh, Charzi, is how do you think your communication strategy is going at this time? What would you say you've learned? And at the same time, what do you maybe wish you had known from the beginning? Um, I think to answer your question, like sports has always been unpredictable. You have to plan with so many different scenarios. And when last year during the playoffs, um, you would have to plan per game, let's say, per situation. And you have to think, okay, if we're going to go move forward to the next round, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the kind of communications we're going to need. And when you add a, on a pandemic as well as a social movement to, uh, to address the injustice that people face every day, it can become chaotic. And But I'm surrounded by the best of what PR professionals have to offer. I really think that I'm surrounded by very well-versed, uh, well, like very experienced individuals, uh, like my boss. And then there's, uh, the director of PR for Leafs, um, Steve Keogh, director of PR for Raptors. I'm just going to shout them all out because they're amazing. Jennifer Quinn, um, Jeff Bradley, Mike Massaro from TFC PR, and then TFC Argos is Mike Hogan and Chris Milanovic. So they're all amazing people led by Dave Haggett. And, we, we as PR practitioners have to learn very quickly that um, in any scenario, and I find that we're actually the most level-headed in a crisis. It's like, no matter if like there's fires burning, if there's anything happening, you look at the person who's the most calm and they're probably the PR person because you can't get caught up in the drama or the lose your focus on what needs to be done or said because, and that takes a lot of, out of a person to be that focused and it, and when you have a team that you can rely on and work work with to make sure those things happen it's definitely one of the things that I've learned um, working in this business and even when I was in Fort McMurray um, when I was there after the wildfires uh, and I was working with the government in the communications department watching how people because I was there during the rebuild phase of the community after the fire actually happened so what are we doing to help the community there how are we speaking to them and it, it we created uh, it, like a task force was created to address that and so there is a task force at MLSC there's a task force I'm sure at any other company dealing with what is happening now and how they're communicating so that's that's what I've learned and um, in terms of what I wish I knew beforehand because I don't think, I actually don't think that my team would have done anything differently uh, to, to respond. I think we knew, we knew early on what could have happened, but the one thing that did, um, the situation did escalate a lot faster than we thought because initially the discussions was like, okay, how do we have games without fans? But then 
a player was tested positively with COVID. So that just suspended all all sports completely. And that look that didn't look like that would happen until way down the line, or at least not happen at all if we were careful, um, if everyone was. But in the end, um, I just wish there was more time in the day. I think that's what it was. Uh, it doesn't matter if uh, we knew anything earlier, it would have happened anyway. And uh, just knowing that um, it went faster than it we thought it would we would expect. But uh, everybody needs more time in the day, I guess. <laughs> I think you're right. Charzy, thank you for being so generous with your time and with your insights. Uh, so much good information. Uh, the audience for this podcast are PR students in, uh, in the GTA, uh, certainly PR practitioners and grads like yourself who, who are on LinkedIn and Twitter and hopefully will catch up with us uh, in, in, across those platforms. Uh, but knowing that that's our audience, any final thoughts? Uh, yeah, definitely. I want them to know that a career in PR will always be interesting, no matter what industry or organization you're working in, and no matter what level you're in, the option to learn is always there. So I pride myself in considering that um, I'm a student no matter what, no matter what level I'm in, no matter what's happened in my career. And although it can be exciting to try to be in the thick of things and want to be a part of like a part of the process, it's also very beneficial to observe and learn from all the people around you. I think um, you can't lose that, uh, um, I guess, that passion to learn or else uh, you're because who who would have known that we were going to be in a pandemic? Who and like even uh, even during the finals, my bo uh, my boss, Dave, was saying, um, make sure you document everything that's happening. And not only for, not just to like, for social, but for yourself to understand like what's happening around you. And that's what's happening with the pandemic and with what's happening here. It's I'm trying to document everything that's happening around me, how people are responding, how, why something is worded a certain way and things like that. So it definitely, um, and then hopefully this never happens again, but uh, then you know how to deal with something similar or deal with some type of crisis because um, I think the best learning opportunities is when you're put in, put in a corner to really just like address what's happening and then learn from the people around you. Great advice. Thank you so much, Charzy. No um, I've been speaking to Charzy Abendanio, the Corporate Communications Manager at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. All the best. Thank you, you too.